Oh baby, we are back. What a week it has been. Welcome to another crypto catch up. I'm here again with Chris Vanek, CMO of SwiftX. I'm back. Chris, how you doing? Hey, great. Great. Mate, look, the episode went all right last week. We had to cut about, you know, half the things you said, but you're back again this week. How do you feel? Yeah, really good. I like the comment specifically where they called you a giga chad uh, with your extremely deep voice. Oh, I am dead. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. We got to work on that. We got to work on that. I sound like a, a bass guitar, I've, I've been saying. So whoever's editing this podcast, please make me sound like a human being. <laughs> yeah, it was better than mine. I got some other comments. Yeah, so we're the opposite. Yeah, community, keep giving him hate because um, he feeds off it. But anyway, let's get into it, Chris. Obviously, like the news broke last week about Binance and we kind of touched on it, but a lot has come out since then. I think we discussed that, you know, the SEC was suing Binance for basically listing unregistered securities and they named a couple of cryptocurrencies like Solana, Cardano, Matic. And we saw the price have a little dip following that news. But then after that, of course, after we recorded last week's podcast, we saw they also sued Coinbase for basically the same reason. And so, yeah, it's all happening. It's been a massive week. What are your thoughts? Yeah. The fact that Coinbase has now been sued, the fact that they came out and they said that there's going to be another, I think he was ex-chairman of the SEC, came out and then said basically a siege against crypto is coming from the SEC. Yeah. That's extremely intense news. You know, it's hard to exactly garner exactly what they're trying to do. It's so damaging to the community. It's so damaging to innovation in the US. It's so damaging to keeping funds on shore for crypto. And there's a lot of speculation in the market, but I don't think this is very inducive to success of crypto realistically. Like Gary Gensler, he's on a bit of a hit list. Yeah, we um we have some thoughts about Gary Gensler, which we won't share, but you can probably imagine our, our thoughts about him at this point in time. But yeah, essentially after that news of Coinbase broke, Coinbase released a video. I thought it was quite a, a clever little video. It's basically simple and to the point, basically saying that the legislation and regulation around classifying securities was released, I think, in the 60s. And obviously, you know, times have changed in the sense tech has changed, like innovation. The whole world has changed rapidly since then. So they're basically proposing a complete restructure of the system. And I couldn't agree more. But the thing is, like most governments around the world are looking to support the expansion of crypto and work alongside it to make sure that they're, you know, not left behind. But the SEC, the US, what is typically the biggest tech market in the world is, you know, going to war with crypto. And it's shocking to see. And honestly, I think this could have disastrous effects on either the crypto market or potentially the US tech market because they'll get left behind. Because I think the whole world is kind of understanding that you know this this is going to be a part of our future and we need to adopt it and not fight it yeah the biggest thing that i would say is that this is causing more uncertainty in the market you know unfortunately we don't have tommy here with us today which is a little bit unfortunate he's returning next week is my understanding that i'll be back one of those two scenarios gonna but it reinforces that the uncertainty in the market is causing volatility right now like big volatility and so we saw massive trade volume days over the weekend where volatility was shot through the roof because of the news that broke. Mm. And it's interesting to see how the market is reacting for what we consider to be a fairly small change, especially with Binance US, mm. being a fairly small percentage of the overall volume. But realistically, to see the market being reacting in the way that it has, you know, it might potentially be having a, a longer standing effect or people's perception, I should say, is taking a bigger dominance than we may have expected. Yeah. Yeah. And just to touch on the market. So over the weekend, we saw altcoins being absolutely rinsed. 
especially the ones that the SEC named on kind of their hit list of what they're claiming are security. So the ones we mentioned before were Solana, Matic, Cardano, Nia, Protocol. There's a list of about 20 of them, I think, and pretty much all of those that have been named were down about 20 to 30%. Cardano was down 35% for a seven-day graph as of two days ago. So That's crazy. That's a massive, massive price movement. Yeah, I mean, when you look at traditional markets, down 35% is pretty much a disastrous. That's panic stations in terms of the stock market, but- you know, in crypto, it is just another Tuesday, isn't it? So after we spoke last week, more kind of played out in terms of the Binance saga. So on Tuesday, SEC sued Binance. Wednesday, we saw the SEC sue uh, Coinbase. And we also saw a restraining order against Binance to basically freeze Binance's assets. So that's that's Binance US, just to clarify. So basically what that means is they don't want to see another FTX situation play out where people can't withdraw their assets in, in the case that something disastrous happens. So they want to freeze their assets so everyone who basically has crypto within Binance can withdraw it if something were to happen. Do you want to run the rest of the week through us, Chris? Yeah, well, we had Binance US suspended the USD deposits. That was on Saturday. Then CZ came out, tried to clarify some points about exactly what was happening. The state of like deposit flows that they said was running out of the US arm into international. I think they came out and said there was $12 billion. CZ came out and said the Binance US has never had more than $2 billion. So that was interesting. And then the SEC came out to try to subpoena his lawyers to try to find CZ. You know, I think there's a lot of question of exactly where CZ was, and that's what they're trying to work out because they've come after both CZ and Binance US, yep. but they don't think they're going to be able to get a hold of CZ since you know he's either in Detroit or some other place or some you know hidden island off yeah. the coast of Africa. But let's talk about the Binance chat logs that were released for the Binance staff. Okay. I mean, look, whenever you get a little view behind the drawers, it's always pretty exciting. But this one... <laughs> the drawers, okay. Yeah. Um, What's it called? Curtains. The curtains. <laughs> drawers. It's the same thing. Anyway, so yeah, look, you got some of those up. It didn't look great for Binance. No, this was a terrible look. I have to say it was a terrible look, but we'll chuck it in the show notes because there's a whole Twitter thread of basically these leaked chat logs of... The Binance Chief Compliance Officer and a couple of other Binance employees, basically a chat log from 2018, and they're talking about Binance. And we'll give a couple of highlights here. So the one that you might have seen already is the one that the SEC highlighted in their initial announcement. We are operating as a effing unlicensed security exchange in the USA, bro. Oh, yeah, that's not good to help their case. That's right. Look, my favorite line of the entire thing is BNB, sukkah, sukkah, any day can go to zero. What the hell does that mean? So I looked it up finally because everyone's like, oh, it sucks. And I'm like, no, 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 no way. That's too random. But <laughs> I found out what it actually is. Sukkah, sukkah, or sukkah, sukkah. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's sukkah, sukkah. It is. It's an anime about a 500 years since the human race almost went extinct at the hands of a fearsome, mysterious beast. So that was interesting. So I'm guessing it's just like the end of the world. So it's just like, yeah. The doom of Binance is coming. Yeah. And that was basically the entire chat log, which is essentially what they put out there, which was the price of BNB where they had uncertainty around it and the fact that they knowingly knew that they were unregulated and doing actions that were not by regulatory, you know, that weren't by the scrutiny that's required by the regulation in those countries. And they were just, they were unfortunately having to make those decisions. And it sounded like CZ was knowing of that as well. It's hard to tell because, you know, at the end of the day, it's two employees talking between themselves. Yeah, yeah. So you can't, you can't just throw speculation on that. He absolutely knew what was going on. You know, they have 20,000 stuff. They're gigantic. They're the world's largest crypto exchange. Yeah. They've done a lot of good for the industry. So to see this is damning. When you read it out, it's kind of like, 
this guy, Samuel Ling, who's the prominent feature in here, he's basically bragging about a lot of things and just being very arrogant about everything, which, you know, obviously he didn't know this chat was going to be leaked, but it's not a good look for Binance. And and like you said, like you mentioned that there was uncertainty about BNB. I reckon that's being generous. He basically said the strategy for BNB is to survive for two years, then F off. And he also said, advise his colleague to take his BNB bonus and sell it for USDT. This is Binance's native token, and he's just got basically no faith in it. Keep in mind, this was in 2018. The industry has changed a lot since then, and BNB has gone on to become a top five crypto token. But still, in the fact that you know the SEC are taking them to court over this and, and then using this as evidence of you know their misdoings, it's a really bad look. And the guy also talked about how Binance's compliance was a sinking ship and that he basically saw no evidence to see that Binance's compliance was cleaned. So in 2018, because when were these chat logs actually launched? These chat logs were dated. Does it have a date on them specifically? Yeah, it does. 24th or the 12th. It was the end of 2018. But the end of 2018, the price of BNB, to my understanding, was like seven, eight dollars. Seven, eight dollars. And, and now, now it's it hit a high of seven hundred. Yeah, I mean it's something something crazy. It's at like two hundred bucks USD now. And yeah, we're in a exactly, you know exactly. We're just in the sitting at like two market, two forty, two fifty, exactly. Yeah, so. A lot changed. The market cap of this thing has made massive difference. It's a top three, top three asset, top four asset. I think so it's four. I think it's dropping down. Asset. Yeah. So not a good look for Binance, as we said. May come back to bite them in the butt when it comes to legal proceedings. Yeah. But I think people are going to have to take that with a grain of salt, given the time period that it happened, and and it's also just you know a couple yeah. of guys chatting and talking shit. And I'm pretty sure it's their previous compliance officer as well head of compliance like i don't actually think i'm pretty sure you it says former so i don't think i don't know if he doesn't work there or he's changed roles yeah i don't think he's there anymore and i think the sec will lean very heavily on these chat logs to to say that they weren't acting appropriately particularly in the u.s unfortunately another development i know it feels like a almost never-ending saga with binance but binance us has basically suspended usd deposits so a couple of weeks ago we saw that basically binance became debanked in australia because their banking partner wasn't allowing you know on-ramping and off-ramping AUD deposits and withdrawals. That's correct. Now it looks like, you know, Binance is following suit with USD deposits and withdrawals. So basically, it looks like Binance US is just going to become a crypto on-ramp and off-ramp exchange, particularly in the US. Obviously, like Binance is still the biggest exchange in the world and it operates in Absolutely. several other countries. But yeah, it's a pretty hard hit to take for Binance for sure. And just to get a gauge of just how large Binance is still in comparison to absolutely everything, you know, if you look at if you look at volumes and you look at, you know, crypto anchor coin market cap, Binance leads by like a 10 to almost 20x in volume in comparison yeah. to the very next exchange, whether that be OKX, Coinbase Pro, or Uniswap even. Yeah. It's it is gigantic. It takes 50% of the volume of market share. Yeah. Almost. And it's still gonna be the biggest. Absolutely. Like even if it left the US jurisdiction altogether. It was still the biggest because it's got massive markets in Asia and Europe and exactly. you know, all over the world. Like the US, I'm pretty sure only represents a small percentage of their trading volume. So not much is going to change, but like, yeah, Binance US, it's looking pretty dire at this point in time. So so one to watch play out there. I think with the Coinbase one, it's going to be a little bit more of a longer legal battle in the courts. I think Coinbase have a bit more of a leg to stand on. Well, look, in my opinion, Coinbase has always come out and had a pretty strong opinion and an unwavering opinion on where they stand in the market in terms of regulation in the market. Yeah. They've always been really precise on that note. And now 
they don't have to pivot or change or do anything because they're taking the exact same position saying we have always taken this position yeah and they came out with their you know with the video that launched after the announcement from the sec came out so i will put that in the show notes as well now i know we could that's something we could say <laughs> but we're put in the show notes nicely done but yeah again they were just reasserting what they've already been doing in the market in that video as well they said prior to the sec taking legal action against them they met with the sec 30 times to basically get Over the guidance and, and clarification on crypto regulation and yep. basically they got nothing from them and then the sec kind of turned their back on them and, and have done this now so I think Coinbase are in a much better position than Binance. However, you know, that doesn't mean that they're going to come out victorious in this legal case. But I think the XRP lawsuit will play a big role because essentially if XRP is deemed not to be a security, what will that mean for all these other coins that the SEC has named? I know they're not the same, but it's got to mean something, right? Yeah, well, I mean, look, the XRP case is going to be paramount to the way that this is handled. I know we talked about this very briefly last week as well, but this is going to be a stand like a stand within all the cases that are going to be moving forward, it's going to be paramount to see exactly how the XRP case actually plays out. Yeah. And like outside of price action, outside of everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so that's the market. Essentially, a lot of volatility. I expect volatility to continue, especially as these stories continue to develop. So always trade with caution, keep an eye on the news, and we'll touch base on things next week to kind of give you an update on that. But um, we'll head into some more news that doesn't necessarily relate to Binance or Coinbase or the SEC. Uh, Chris, talk to me about some news close to home. Yeah. Back on shore, you know, at the end of last week, we saw deposits blocked at Binance's front. That was a move by, unfortunately, it was the banking provider that made that happen due to fraud, apparently, increased fraud. And that's fraud coming through from fraudulent transactions, not that they were enacting fraud. So the thing that we've also seen is that CBA came out with a high-risk list, mm. and they came out and said that anyone on the high-risk exchange, you won't be able to deposit to those exchanges anymore. Can we name those exchanges? Or All we know at this point explicitly is that it looked like Binance was on that list. Yeah. From what we understand, people trying to do to make deposits towards that exchange. But what we do know is that SwiftX is not on that list. Good. And so that's what we've been able to garner from that. So basically, if you can conduct a deposit, it looks like you're not on the high-risk exchange list if you can do that deposit from CBA Bank. Yeah, yeah. Basically, every exchange, no matter what exchange you use, you'll be affected in some way because they're going to put a 24-hour kind of wait limit on any deposits to crypto exchanges. So even crypto exchanges such as SwiftX that are not on that blacklist, they're going to put a $10,000 monthly limit as well as that 24-hour limit. That's right. Basically, just to kind of, I guess, slow things down and mean like you can't over-leverage yourself. Exactly. So imagine you make a deposit Straight up, you make a deposit towards a crypto exchange. And let's say you didn't act it, a bad actor did it. You call up the bank and you go, hey, I never made this transaction. I just saw five grand just leave my bank account and it's going out to X. It's leaving me. It says crypto. Yep. You can call the bank and say, yeah, no worries. We can see it. Yeah, we're going to stop it because they're already holding it for 24 hours. So it gives you a chance to try to claw back funds yeah. in case it was fraudulent. So it's just them trying to increase that time limit a little bit to give yep. it a little bit more of a chance so that it's not just funds gone and it's all done and then, you know, yeah, You can't call anything back if it was a fraudulent transaction. So I understand what it is. I guess the problem that comes from that, like there's no perfect solution. The problem from this is that users who want to be able to get in quickly and buy a dip now have to wait 24 hours. Mm. And they now have a $10,000 monthly limit, which is frustrating as well. So, you know, we've already seen people use different banks, multiple banks now. So it's going to be a little bit more difficult user experience for the consumer at the end of the day. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's what's going to happen. And with yeah. tighter restrictions comes, unfortunately, comes that. In saying that, 
you know, I can't speak on behalf of every other exchange here, but SwiftX has made a huge effort. We have 10% of our entire staffing as people who work at financial crime. And compliance. You know, and compliance. Yeah. And so that makes a huge difference. We stop fraudulent transactions from leaving the gate from the get-go, Yeah, you know, and we're often informing banks if there is an issue or anything like that. So I think more can be done from other exchanges, and I think maybe more can be done from the banks outside of just like big, broad actions like this to try to control and limit some of the fraud that actually happens. Yep, absolutely. And I guess this also reinforces that 2FA, two-factor authentication is absolutely necessary. Like, don't ever think that your password is strong enough or you don't think you're ever going to get hacked because, you know, these scammers and bad actors online are getting smarter and smarter. So a great way of stopping this is always having that 2FA set up on your, not just your crypto accounts, but your bank accounts, you know, any account with private information, make sure you have 2FA set up on that. We'll chuck a bit of a guide in the show notes just a link to to one of our help articles, basically telling you how to set up 2FA on SwiftX. And it's a really easy process. You can go do that in probably about five minutes. And it basically just adds another layer of security to your account, ensuring that if anyone were to get access to your password or your email address, they can't get into your account because they would need access to your phone as well. So make sure you have 2FA. I know it's a bit of a boring topic to talk about, but it is necessary. I know, Chris, you hate it, but yeah, no, let's stick in the show notes. Is it a max, max <laughs> limit? Let's fix so much stuff in the show notes. Yeah, the show notes is going to be about yeah, yeah. 10 pages long at this stage. Um, so apologies to the team behind the scenes. Oh, exactly. Um, and I guess the only other part to add into the CBA is that the only other bank that looks like that we can see that's followed suits is Bankwest. And Bankwest is a subsidiary of CBA, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. that makes sense why they're doing that already. But it's on their website currently already sitting there. Cool. So, yeah. Cool. More news. So Crypto.com has shut down its US institutional exchange. So Crypto.com, you've probably seen them all over, you know, the sporting sponsorships and all that. UFC. UFC, F1, you name it. Basically, they've shut down their US institutional exchange. So that's, you know, companies and any sort of entity that wants to invest in crypto, they won't be able to do so through Crypto.com in the US. It all ties back to the US regulatory landscape and how unclear it is at the moment. Not to say that there's like a lack of interest in institutional investing, but I think institutions are kind of sitting on the sideline for the time being, particularly in the US, because they they don't know where this is going. But in saying that, they've actually just opened up the same exchange, institutional exchange in Singapore, because obviously there's more clarity around regulation there. And so, yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before that gets up and running again in the US, but we need more clarity. So exactly. one to keep an eye for sure. Mate, get in the rocket. Let's go outside. Let's fly back in because I don't actually know where China is in relation to the US. Um, <laughs> but let's fly to China now and let's have a little chat about the um, the minting that's going on. Bank of China is minting 28 mil of digital structured nodes on the ETH blockchain. That's, that's a big title. It sounds like China's back in support of crypto. Unofficially. Sort of officially. This- Unofficially, sort of officially, kind of officially. Yeah. I guess it's it's indirectly supporting crypto because they're minting their own digital yuan. Is that how you say it? Yuan? The one, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically a central bank digital currency. But what's really exciting here is that they're minting it through the Ethereum blockchain. So just, you know, it's massive to see that a government like China, I think they're the second biggest economy in the world, are using Ethereum to mint their own currency. It's massive. China's always had a bit of a, you know, an on and off hot cold relationship with crypto. 
Yeah. But I guess this indirect exposure to it is huge. And, and also the fact that retail trading is now legal in Hong Kong as well is just another step forward in, I guess, China's relationship with the industry. Yeah, agreed. I mean, we've also seen that UBS, Switzerland Bank, that's expanding as well. They've done 50 mil of a tokenized asset as well, a fixed rate note, and they did that in 2021. We're seeing a lot more of the tokenizations of currencies within these countries as well. It's very interesting to see that China has now taken a bit of a lead across this. Yep. Curious to see who else follows suite as well. Yeah. And I know Europe is exploring, you know, the use case of a central bank digital currency. So it'll be interesting to see if they adopt any decentralized blockchains like Ethereum. But still, the fact that other Western countries in Europe are looking to support this crypto industry compared to the US is good news. Agreed. For all of us in the long term. Right, let's talk about the most exciting part of the day. Yes. Um, I'm inviting to my birthday party, whenever that is next year, because I already had it this year. Okay. You, you've heard of Gary Gensler, Gary G. We all know him. Essentially, US lawmakers are trying to introduce a bill to restructure the SEC, which will essentially remove big Gary G from the chair. From the big chair himself, the, the king's chair. chair. It's called the I, SEC Stabilization Act. I think people all over the world would be celebrating if this was to be passed through. Because yeah, they think he's meddling too much in the crypto world. It almost seems like he has a personal vendetta with crypto. And you know, he gave a speech at some big university in the US a couple of years ago before he was actually chair of the SEC and basically was talking about Bitcoin and blockchain and how it's revolutionary and it's it's fantastic and all this and now it looks like you know his mind has completely changed as soon as he's become into power and he's probably got all people in his ear and and doesn't want the crypto and essentially he wants all control of crypto and and the industry and and wants it to be aligned with the regulations set for securities so well this is just it the thing that they don't like and the thing that nobody likes is that he leads by enforcement he's trying to make change with very strong enforcement instead of leading by healthy change and clarity in the market so that people are actually able to navigate the landscape and innovate and that's just it he's pushing exchanges offshore which is really unfortunate mm. because then you don't have businesses innovating within your country and you have them moving out because that's the only way that they can actually operate and grow yeah so for those who don't know basically the change comes by saying we're going to get an executive director on board and we're not going to have a chairman is my understanding of it and so they don't want to have one person to be able to make sway and make all the changes and be able to end all decisions essentially for the sec that's the biggest change they want to make. They want to be able to, you know, swing it up a little bit. Yeah. And what I found, what I found so fun was that I, I'm unsure if you saw, but Binance came out and said that Gary Gensler he applied to be an advisor to Binance in 2019. Did he now? Oh well. Gary G coming back to Binance, but yeah, that was certainly interesting that he's has taken. It's what it's only been four years, and he's had this huge 360 from that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah ex exactly what his angle is. You know, he absolutely got cooked in Congress the last time he was in there. Cooked. And there was so many clips that passed around. The memes were intense in the community. I loved it personally. <laughs> <laughs> no personal vendetta. Um, but I'm curious to see now if this change, I don't think this change is like passed through. It's just been, the bill's been proposed now. It's been submitted. Now it has to get approved. And so how long that takes, I'm unsure. I don't know. Yeah, and whether it even gets through is... You know, exactly right. So I guess, you know, something to look forward to, but not a guarantee. And, you know, we don't know that things will change drastically even exactly. if it does get passed through. So, yeah, do your own research on that one and keep an eye on it. But we'll obviously keep you updated on, of any breaking news um, on the potty here. 
particularly if Chris is ever back on again. <laughs> Unclear at this point if that'll happen, but uh, well, we'll see how we go. Lastly, look, not really related to crypto, but I think indirectly it all has an effect. Apple's share price has hit an all-time high following the release of its Apple Vision Pro. Ted just wants the Apple Vision Pro, let's be honest. You just want that $6,000 piece of headset gear. Yeah. At an intense price. It just looks so normal walking around with this huge headset on. You know, no one will ever think anything's up. No, but uh, essentially, tech stocks took a bit of a beating over the last year, as did crypto. And it was like, we were in a bear market pretty much across all markets. Yeah. And I guess you could say we still are in crypto, but it's good to see that, you know, Apple's at an all-time high. We're seeing other tech stocks, you know, break their all-time highs. So I guess we're kind of looking at the start of a bull market potentially for the tech stocks, for the stock market and other markets, you know, yeah. other than crypto. And I guess we've seen in the past that there is a correlation between traditional markets and crypto, whether they decouple from each other, particularly with the news that's happening at the moment. You know, we may see that happen. Yeah. But um, I think it's a positive sign for for everyone. I, I think so. It's, it's a positive sign for consumers, positive sign for the US as well, specifically. There's an article every day, is the US in a recession yet? Yeah. I think consumers are keeping the US out of a recession. And I think things like Apple and the stock making good movements, I think consumers are buying products still. Consumers are still excited for what's happening. Consumers yeah. still are able to spend. And so I think that that is a very positive sign. Yeah. If that all slows, that's when we're in real trouble. But yeah, for the moment, it's still interesting to see exactly what's going to happen. Apple launched a bunch of other stuff in their keynote, but by far the Apple Vision Pro, you're going to be able to see my eyes when I'm swinging my hand around making a call. You're not going to know if I'm on a Teams meeting while I'm talking here. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a, an interesting one to follow. I never thought the Apple Watch would catch on. I just thought it was a bit weird. Like, you just pull out your phone and, you know, look at the text on your phone. But, you know, yeah. I feel like every man and their dog, except for me, has an Apple Watch. Yeah, you can measure your heartbeat with your phone. You're just going to stick it to your face. Yeah. Uh, hey. I mean, that's, that's 10. I still want it. No, I still want it. I refuse to get an Apple Watch because I'm not a sheep like Chris. Joking. I just don't have the money. Did you not like this Velcro? Oh, look at that. Yeah. Look at the premium brand. Seriously, we need advertisers for the podcast. I need to start getting paid. Uh, we'll get an affiliate link in (laughs) thank you thank you but anyway i think we'll leave it there guys obviously we unpacked a lot today and i think tommy will be back next week so everyone can rejoice there maybe chris will replace me i think you're actually starting to you know build up a bit of confidence there chris yeah i'm going into the i'm probably going to be host next that'll be the next move so okay don't get ahead of yourself you guys then don't get ahead of yourself mate you still sound like a little chipmunk (laughs) sorry geeky chat ted Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.